Hey, good afternoon, everybody. This is the Average Joe's Bible Study Podcast. I'm a, I'm Kevin. I'm Aaron. And I almost told everybody I was Aaron. Uh, good afternoon, oh, everybody. Yeah, I said I'm <laughs> a Kevin. Um, good afternoon, everybody. So today we're not gonna we're not actually gonna look at a Bible verse. We're going to do a little bit different. We're going to talk about something that's near and dear to both mine and Aaron's heart. We're going to talk about church liturgies and why we believe they are important. Um, just so you guys know where I'm coming from, the first time I ever heard of church liturgies is when I joined the leadership team on a Christ the Vicar in Lansing Minimum Prison. And they follow a boss, a book of shared spirituality. And every week they have a different topic that is supposed to be taught on, and it has Bible verses to support that topic. At first, I hated the idea. I thought that it would get in the way of the Holy Spirit moving. I thought that if we did that, we limit people to only sharing a message that the liturgy says and not a message that God had put on their heart. So I did not enjoy liturgy. But as the church year progressed, I realized that the great thing about liturgy for me was that it allowed me to get introduced to new topics that maybe I wasn't familiar with in my faith. And so that is where my where my knowledge and my opinions about church liturgies come from. Aaron, what about you? Uh, kind of the same situation with my introduction to liturgy. I was in Hutchison Correctional Facility when we started the first internal Christ the Victor Church and we were going over liturgy, and I was studying ancient church anyway. I was very drawn to the ancient monastic movements um, and their use of aesthetics and things like that in monasteries and everything. And so when I was introduced to it and I started really looking at it, uh, there was a lot of pushback because people feel the same way you feel. Uh, and especially as a leader in the church, I was preaching two or three times a week at that point. And I was like, well, this is dumb. Because I got stuff I want to talk about, but as a as a leader in the church, it really pushes you to be out of your comfort zone, and it gets you so much deeper in the Word. Uh, so liturgy literally just means the work of the people. In the church year liturgy, uh, it's it's big roots. Like when you talk about it nowadays, is Catholic and Methodist, but there's a lot of Lutheran churches and other. Of denominations that you can also, <clears throat> but it's very organized, and in the church year calendar, as you said, it, it follows the life of Christ throughout the year. So when you're celebrating things like Easter and Pentecost and and all these things, these were the events of like you're walking out the life of Jesus Christ through the church year as it happened thousands of years ago. So the scriptures you're reading, the topics that you're talking about, were as they were happening thousands of years ago. So you're walking that path year after year. Uh, and the liturgy that that most modern churches follow, the Christ the Victor movement follows, has year A, B, C. And those follow Matthew is A, Luke, John, or Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And then John is spread in usually during the high times of the church year. So you're getting the full story of Christ. And it's just a beautiful thing. When you start looking at it like that, like you're walking thousands of years of church tradition 
uh, our brothers and sisters who have founded the church and moved it forward through the worst times, you're doing exactly what they were doing thousands of years ago, reading the same scriptures. And there's a shared feeling in that that just makes the gospel so beautiful. That's a huge point for you personally. I know we've had that discussion that uh, that feeling connected to the ancient church. Why do you think feeling connected to the ancient church is so important to you, and why do you think it should be important to today's modern church? When we think about almost anything, it all involves a connectedness. Uh, we celebrate our life. We celebrate birthdays. We celebrate anniversaries. We we celebrate milestones in our life, and we do those year after year. We don't think anything about it. Just, just it happens. Um, man, I, I got a calendar the other day, a little planner, and there's so many weird little holidays in there. There's office assistant day. There's teacher day. There's all these things that year after year come around and we celebrate. We don't think anything of it. We buy balloons. We buy flowers, cakes, whatever. And so many people are offended when we try to celebrate the history of the church. And they think it's stifling and uh, restricts the spirit, things that you've said. But we're just celebrating the, the, the faith as it was given to us. Because honestly, it, it was given to us by Jesus Christ, by, by our Heavenly Father. And it was carried on by the ancient fathers and then the ancient church and moved forward. And really, honestly, when I looked at it, man, it was an effort to get away from things they really didn't want to do. That we started putting in all these other institutions of denominations and everything because so-and-so didn't agree with this. So we're going to start a whole new thing. And, well, I don't agree with this part of it, so I'm going to start my own thing. We just get this massive splintering. And there's just so much confusion in the Bible, so against division and strife and envy. And when I think about just going back to the roots of what were they doing when they, they moved the church forward? Those first couple hundred years were so critical. Uh, we talk a lot about the great tradition in, in Christ the Victor being the first 300 years of the church. And I think about spreading anything. When you try to start something, so we're trying to start this podcast. We're going to look back at the beginning of this, and sure, some things are going to change, but we're going to honor that tradition of us sharing the Scripture. And, and there's something magical about touching the roots of how something starts. So going back and looking at that and that connectedness of the people who who carried the faith through the darkest times, they, were, they burned all the Bibles they could. They killed all the Christians they could, and they found the strength and faith and courage to continue to move it forward. And that's that the connection to that is just amazing. Yeah, I think that uh you know for me, so we talked a little bit about about tele televangelist, I believe is the correct yeah. term, and health and wealth movements and how we feel about that um a couple of days ago on our podcast. But I think for me what I the reason why connection to the ancient church is so important is because when I think about Jesus, when I think about church, when I think about what I want to be doing for God in our church, I think about community. I think about going out and spreading his love. Most importantly, the, you know, this will sound weird to some people, 
but most importantly, spreading people, spreading his love to people who don't already know him. And I think that when we look at our church historically, the times that they were best, that our church did this the best, would be those ancient times. Right, so now as we've branched out so much, and there's so many great things about us branching out, and there's so many great things about how big our church has gotten, but there's some of those little things have been lost. So when I think about why it's so important for me to be connected to an ancient church, it's because to me that's the truest sense of community, and I want to be a part of that. So if I want that to happen, in my <coughs> mind I say, okay, well what was the ancient church doing that we're not? And one of those things is that the liturgy allows for a broader amount of subjects to be taught to our church so that they have a better knowledge of the word. And with that comes more of a desire to go out into your community, to help others in need, to not look at the people who aren't Christian as the enemy or people who aren't with us, but as people who just haven't received God yet. They're still they're still loved by God. They just haven't received him yet. So we need to stop looking at the enemy. And the more we get into liturgy, the better, the easier it is to do that. And that, for me, that's why the connection to the ancient church is. I think that uh, one of the things that I heard you say that I was like, hey, hey, I used to. You kept saying, the way you feel. I don't, I don't feel like that anymore. I don't feel like the Holy Spirit stifled by liturgy. But I did feel like that in the beginning. Yeah. I know something that also really appeals to me that I was just thinking as you were speaking. Um, so when you, when you look at, I read a lot of a lot of newsletters and, and things. I visit a lot of churches. I'm very broad based in in my worship style, and I get a lot of pamphlets and newsletters and communications from churches that are full of all kinds of awesome news, and they're doing great things. But I've noticed a lack of scripture in a lot of them and a lack of uh, of biblical text or biblical references at all. And one of the facts that I looked at was that from the first 200 years of the church, we have all the liturgies. We have all of the shared spiritual texts of how they wrote out a service would go and, and they copied the scriptures. And if we only, if, if we didn't have any manuscripts of the Bible, if for some reason every biblical manuscript disappeared, we could reconstruct 97% of the Bible just from ancient church liturgies. And that impresses me, man, because these are the documents that the church was sharing. They were copying them down with the scribes and, and circulating them amongst the church on, on how to worship. And we could construct 97% of the modern Bible. And what if we gathered a pamphlet from every church that we could go to right now in our area? I honestly don't think I could construct 10% of the Bible from the literature that I have right now. Not that there's anything wrong. They're sharing great things, and I love them. I encourage them. Please continue to share. Please continue to put what you're doing. It's so beautiful when we focus on the Scripture. Amen. That's a that's a great point. Liturgy, liturgy can do so much. It can and it can help us focus on scripture. We know that as a church, that should always be our focus: God's word to us and how to apply it. And that's another thing that liturgy does that 
that the ancient church did very well and that we can improve on. And obviously, we're not telling churches to change what they're doing. We're not. We know that churches are doing great things. We're just telling you why we why we support liturgies, why we support scheduled liturgies that tell us what to teach on. You know, as somebody who's I don't as somebody who's growing in leadership in the church, it took me a while to be able to teach on liturgies, but it was such a great teaching tool or learning tool for a leader in the church as well. Something that it can do practically is when you have to when you have to teach on a subject that you don't choose, it makes you go out of your comfort zone. And much like we talked about in the last episode, I mentioned to you that I love the fact that you always choose verses that I maybe did not look at as closely when I read them. The liturgies yeah. do the same thing. You have to study more different things, and that that produces a better follower of Christ. It produces a better leader in the church. It produces a better preacher. It produces a better worker. Whatever you're doing, it'll produce better results for you following a liturgy so that you're forced to look at different Bible verses. Because, man, everybody knows John 3.16, and everybody loves it, right? But how many people know about the transfiguration of Christ? Exactly. How many people would ever even think to really look at it unless you're in a liturgical church? Because that's, that's something you don't hear a lot about. And uh, so, so that's, that's, that's something that I learned. I, I use it as an example because it's something that I was able to learn through the liturgy. And so liturgies are important. And that's why when we talked to you early on in this podcast, me and Aaron both talked to you about we, we are going to get a book because we believe in that. We believe that that there are not just liturgies for churches, but we'll have a planned schedule for this podcast because it will force us to examine different topics that maybe we don't think about every day. So liturgies are so important to us, and it's something that we believe in as a church. It's something that we believe in in this podcast. I know we're not doing it yet, but that's because we're still early. We're going to get it. Exactly. So that you said book, and I immediately thought of – so when we think of liturgy, we're, we're, of course, connecting that with Scripture readings in, in a liturgical church. But there's a book by an author, James K.A. Smith. The book is titled You Are What You Love. The subtitle is The Liturgy of Life. And his whole concept is you live what you love. Um, the things that you do day in and day out produce who you are. So everyone is living a liturgical life. Whether, whether you believe in liturgy or not, you're living liturgy day to day. Your liturgy may be getting up and going to work and going to the bar. Your liturgy may be you're, you're sitting at home playing with your kids all day. Whatever it is, it's your day-to-day life. And what we want to encourage is that, that liturgy, that work of the people to become biblically focused. And like Amen. we said, we're not asking churches to change. We're not asking you to follow the book of shared spirituality or the, the book of common prayer or the Roman Missal of the Catholic Church. Or No, just find something that puts you in the habit, the liturgy of seeking God every day. Amen. So, so guys, we just wanted to take a second out of, out of our day to talk about a subject that means a lot to us um, as aspiring. Aaron is more involved, but I would say I'm an aspiring leader in a leader in our church. I say our church because it's not about one specific building, but our church of Christ-following people. Uh, but liturgies, we 
They're important because of all the reasons we listed. So we hope that uh, we could share, shed some light on that issue and just allow you guys to know a little bit about why we believe what we believe. Aaron, you got anything to add on liturgies? Man, that's it, man. I just, I encourage everyone. I I know in my group of friends with, with, we've talked about getting something standard, but one of the beautiful things with following the book of shared spirituality is it does follow the traditional book of common prayer, which is pretty ancient. And there's something magical about when I'm reading every day, I know that there are millions and millions of Christians all around the world who are reading those same scriptures, who are doing those same prayers. Um, so a lot of times on Sundays you'll hear, you'll flip through a channel and you'll hear evangelists talking about the same topic because they're using a, the Book of Common Prayer, which is very common. And there's something really powerful about knowing that you're reading and praying and focusing and meditating on the same scriptures that millions of our brothers and sisters all around the world are, are reading and focusing on. Did you just tell me that the Book of Common Prayer was very common? It did. It's, it's okay. implied by the title, but it's... Okay. Hey, man, don't judge me. Uh, okay, we're we're only judging don't, a little bit. You disqualified me. <laughs> oh, no, I disqualified Aaron. Okay, guys, so... So we think we covered what we what we figure are the the vital points of liturgy today. If you guys have anything else, if you have any other questions about liturgy, if you want to know where to get a book of shared spirituality or the book of common prayer, uh, hit us up on our Facebook page. I will get our Twitter page set up today, actually, Aaron. I'm going to do that today, and we'll go ahead and start working to get you guys better interaction with us. Let us know. Let us know that you're listening. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna end it in prayer. Uh, before I do, just this is the Average Joe's uh, Bible Study Podcast. We appreciate you guys listening. We love you. Please get into contact with us, and I'll just end it in prayer today. Are you all right with that, Aaron? Amen. Yep. Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. Uh, we thank you for the ancient church that you lay down the wisdom with, with Christ and before Christ with Abraham and Moses and Joseph and all these forefathers of our faith. We thank you for the connection that we still have to those men and the men of the ancient church who set together and set down a a liturgy that allows us to follow your son's life and everything that you want us to learn. We thank you for the multitude of topics that it covers. We just ask that as we go forward with this Bible study and we create our own liturgy for this Bible study, that you are uh, you're on board and you are pushing us forward. We thank you for our friendship that allows us to do this every day, and we thank you for the ability to wake up and serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.